I'm not sure about you, but um, it's been a very encouraging morning already, hasn't it? Uh, hearing the wonderful uh, testimonies of people uh, and also seeing parents step out in faith and dedicate their little ones. Uh, once again, a very special welcome to you if you're visiting Canterbury Gardens Community Church, uh, particularly those of you who've come to uh, support those who are dedicating their little ones or you're here to encourage those who are getting baptized or just to check out to make sure they're not signing up to a cult. We're glad that you made the time to come and see us. Um, One of the things we say at Canterbury constantly is this, that if you're someone who is exploring the Christian faith, uh, maybe you're someone who's been burnt by the church, or maybe you're someone who's walked away for whatever reason, we want you to know there's a God who has a purpose for you for being here this morning, uh, that he's pursuing people constantly everywhere. And we're thankful that you made the time to come this morning. And maybe you're someone looking for a church home. We're definitely not a perfect church. We definitely believe in a perfect saviour, and we pray that you will discover this saviour. This morning, I guess, before we head out uh, to uh, get um, to to the baptism uh, time, I guess what I want to do is sort of um, pause for a moment and kind of remind us, no matter who you are, no matter what season of your spiritual journey you are, what is the engine room of the Christian faith? What is the engine room of the Christian faith? If you're someone who has a Bible, if you could press, turn, or slide to Romans chapter 1. It's up here on the screen as well. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 to... uh, Sorry, um, verses... Let me start again. Romans chapter 1. We're going to be starting off in verses 16 to 17. Here is God's word. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning. We ask through your word, through your spirit, that you would stir our affections this morning. No matter who we are, whether if we're people who believe in this good news, or whether people we're far away, or we're people exploring. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you for your glory alone. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Uh, Friends, this morning I just want us to consider two things. The first thing I want us to consider is the gospel. Uh, The second thing I want us to consider is what a gospel-empowered life is about. I don't know if you've ever received news, news that is kind of deemed as life-changing news. Uh, Maybe it's really kind of awesome, good news. That moment when my wife actually said yes to me when I asked her, would you marry me? I know it's surprising for many of you as well till this day. But it was life-changing news. My day, my life would never be the same again. But what about also in those moments when you receive sort of bad news? Uh, The kind of news that you know that it has ramifications for the rest of your life here on this earth. We often receive news. Different kinds of news, good or bad. And there's always the kind of news that has life-changing impact on your lives. Uh, In this moment, the guy who's writing this letter, the Apostle Paul, is writing to Christians in Rome 
And before he goes into this sort of wonderful book called Romans, he wants to set a foundation for them. He wants to declare very clearly about a particular kind of news. This news is known as the gospel. And this news has life-changing ramifications, both for them and that time, and even today in 2019. And now this kind of news, this word, the gospel, is much more than just some sort of lingo that we use in the Christian circles. This news, or this term, the gospel, has absolute mighty power. Power that changes lives. And we have seen that this morning. And maybe that's the time where I have to say to you, well, what is the gospel? What is this good news? What is this word that has life-changing implications? No matter who you are, whether if you're someone who's following or someone who is far away from this news. And to kind of get an understanding of this, if you look in Romans chapter 1 again, if you reverse back to a few verses before that, in verses 1 to 7, the Apostle Paul says this in his opening to the letter. It's up here on the screen for you. Paul a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace an apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In these first few verses, the Apostle Paul is writing to these Christians in Rome and he wants to set the foundation for them. Firstly, he declares in these verses that was just read to you, the gospel is good news. It's beautiful, glorious, wonderful good news. This gospel is such good news because it's actually about the good news of God's plan to save people. This gospel is good news because this news is actually about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is the Son of God. The one who in these verses is declared as the promised one. This gospel is the good news that it's declaring that this Jesus is not just some religious figure. He is God because he is risen and he is Lord. This gospel is described as the good news because you and I cannot be, for be forgiven by our good works or being good. It is only because of the undeserved favor of God as we respond to this good news. The gospel is this good news that is a reminder that we have been saved from sin. Not only that, we've been saved for a particular calling. That is to live a life in obedience in faith. The gospel is this good news that if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe loves you because of Christ 
in you. You are loved by God. The gospel is good news that if you have put your faith in him, that God sees you as his saint in his eyes, all because of Jesus' work, not yours. The gospel is a good news that you have been shown undeserved favor. The Christian language is grace. The gospel is good news because you who rebelled against God was under the wrath of God, but because of Jesus. And if you put your faith in him, now there is peace with the creator of the universe in you because of Jesus. The gospel is the good news. Not only is God... God of the universe. But he is also your heavenly father. This is the good news of the gospel. And this gospel, this good news, is only possible, not because of you, it's all because of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why the Apostle Paul declares this in the early few verses to the Christians in Rome. This gospel is good news. It's good news of a God who chases after people who are sinful and rebellious and is gracious to save them through through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And right now I want to ask this question to you because you might be in different seasons in your walk. And particularly for those of us who are followers of Jesus, I have this question for you and for me. Is the gospel still good news to you? Is it still good news for you? Or has something or someone taken a hold of that heart of yours? Uh, This past week, uh, I had the privilege to take my neighbor out for a cup of coffee. Uh, And uh, he is a guy who uh, says that he's a follower of Jesus. Uh, He used to be a church planter and planted a couple of churches but in various things that happened in his life, he shared about how uh, his marriage broke up and his kids don't talk to him. A lot of really bad stuff has happened in his life. As I uh, sat with him and we were having a coffee and I, I asked him about a bit of his journey, he said to me, Shabu, if I had my time again, I would talk more about Jesus. I would talk more about the good news of the gospel. And as he's talking about what the gospel means to him, this gospel that has saved him, this gospel that continues to shape him, this gospel is just uh, something that forms and is still good news to him. He's tearing up. There's tears coming down his eyes. Because the gospel is now continuing to capture his heart. An old school reformer by the name of Martin Luther put it this way. It's up here on the screen. Here I must take counsel of the gospel. I must hearken to the gospel which teaches me not what I ought to do, for that is the proper office of the law, but what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has done for me, to which he suffered and died to deliver me from sin and death. The gospel wills me to receive this and to believe it. And this is the truth of the gospel. It is also the principal article of all Christian doctrine, wherein the knowledge of all godliness consists. Most necessary it is, therefore, that we should know this article well, teach it unto others, and beat it into their heads continually. Imagine having Martin Luther as your pastor. At the heart of it, what he's saying is, 
This is a message you cannot get tired and sick of. It is something you will need to continually proclaim over and over again. But to those who don't know that, but also to those who do, this gospel, in a sense, is the only song that you and I will constantly have on our playlist, on repeat, over and over again. Because, friends, we never graduate from the gospel because it is the good news of Christ. This morning we saw some parents choosing to dedicate their little ones as a public act of declaring that this good news of the gospel has changed their lives to the point they know that this gospel is the engine room of discipling their little ones. Through the help of God, through the help of the Holy Spirit, they also desire to see these little ones embrace the good news of the gospel. They know that being born into a Christian family does not make you a Christian. They desire to grow their kids to see their need for Jesus and respond to the gospel. Because both the parents, they know they need the gospel, and they also know their kids need the gospel. This morning, both Emily and Nick were sharing publicly what God has done in their lives, and they've chosen on a freezing cold day... I don't know who the pastor chose to do the baptism today. That was me. Um, They're publicly declaring what's happened in their lives. The gospel has taken a hold of their hearts. I don't know if you heard in their testimony, they also shared they still need the gospel. Christ is still at work in their lives. This baptism is not just like some sort of next step journey for them. No, it's because out of obedience. That's what the gospel does causes you to obey Jesus' commands. This is the gospel. Christian friends, does the gospel of Jesus still capture your hearts? Or are we like bored kids looking for the next new thing? But friends, there's nothing more precious than the good news of Jesus. That's why there are many songs that have been written about it. Uh, For those of you who are exploring, maybe you've come to support your friends today, I want you to know this gospel, this good news, is actually true news. And it's something that you need to seriously take into consideration because it has eternal consequences for rejecting it. It's a true fact. This gospel is a reminder to you and I that there is a problem both in your heart and my heart when we say to God, no, I, I don't want you to be the king of my life. I'll be my own king. The gospel reveals that you have sinned and fallen short. The gospel is the news that Jesus is the king, not you or me. And for you and I to receive his grace, it's by submitting to his loving lordship in your life and mine and asking for the forgiveness of sin. This is what happens when the gospel invades your heart then it continues and changes. And I want you to know that there is a cost to following Jesus Christ. And if that's you, we would invite you to explore that with us. We would ask you to ask those questions. Because I've got news again for you that this king will return. And when he does return, the gospel is really still good news for those who have faith in him. But your rejection of Christ on that day will actually be bad news for you. This is the gospel, and this gospel is dynamic. It's, in a sense, alive and breathing, and this is why the Apostle Paul unpacks 
In Romans 1, 16-17, what a gospel-powered life is about. Where he says these famous words, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the Apostle Paul, the gospel is not just news, it becomes the very engine room for his life where he builds his whole life around it. This is why he can say he's not ashamed of the gospel. Because for him, it's like saying, hey, I'm not embarrassed at all about this good news. Although in that time, there were many who were saying to him, you need to be ashamed about the gospel. You need to be quiet about the gospel. You do not realize what happens to you if you proclaim this good news. Because he knew that it is good news. Because he knew that it's the power for salvation for who? For everyone who believes. And in that time for him, it was the Jews and the Greeks. For Paul, the gospel is something that he's not ashamed about. Because it is the good news. And he knows that this good news is the only news that really saves people. And in these verses, he actually quotes an Old Testament passage from Habakkuk in chapter 2, where he proclaims, By faith they shall live. In other words, by trusting in this gospel, this good news, and the giver of the good news. Friends, a gospel-powered life is a life that continues to trust in the good news of Jesus and his finished work. And his resurrection power that lives in those of us who trust in him. And this is why the call is, if you're a follower of Jesus, you live by faith. Meaning that our very right standing with a holy God is not on your effort and my effort or anyone's effort. It's given to us by faith and we receive it. So those who are righteous by faith also live by faith. I mean, this is a journey that begins in faith and continues in faith. The Christian walk is by faith from the start to the end. This is what it means to have a gospel-powered life. This is why for the Apostle Paul, he could say he's not ashamed of the gospel because he knows it's so freeing. It's his very power that sustains his daily walk. Christian friends, is that true of you and I today? Our call for us is still to walk by faith. And this kind of faith is not like a pie in the sky or believing some sort of fairy tale story. No, our walk is based on the good news of Jesus Christ. This gospel. The gospel that reminds that the only reason why we can say we're not ashamed is because someone was willing to become shamed on your behalf and mine. The only reason that the gospel is powerful because one was willing to let go of his power to submit to the Father's will perfectly on your behalf and mine. He trusted his whole life to do the Father's will so that you and I can receive grace in faith because of his faith. Nick and Emily, you are living in interesting times but nothing new in biblical language. Our call and challenge to you is do not be ashamed of the gospel. This gospel will continue to be your engine room. And our prayer is, as your church family, that you will continue to deepen into this truth 
till your final breath or till the final breath of when Jesus returns. Uh, Parents, uh, for those of you who have dedicated your little ones, our call to you as a church community is not just to raise good Christian kids. That you would be confronted with this good news of the gospel and this will be your engine room as you parent and disciple these little ones. And you too will be captured by this gospel. As you continue to disciple your kids and declare to them your own need for the gospel and their need for the gospel. Christian friends, this is the gospel. This is the good news. And we are called to live as followers in a gospel-powered life because it starts and continues and ends with us ultimately looking to the one who makes it good news, the Lord Jesus Christ. So as you head into this week, some questions for you to consider, to ask if the gospel is still the engine room of your life. One, do you know this gospel? Do you understand this gospel? We would invite you to explore that with us. Maybe ask a friend who brought you here this morning. Or, if you're a follower of Jesus, is there something much more that you desire for than the gospel of Jesus Christ? Has the gospel become old news? Or does it still stir your affections in some way? Parents, when was the last time that we admitted to our kids that we're wrong and asked their forgiveness as we continue to point them to Jesus? What fears and what things are stopping you to rest in the finished work of Christ and his gospel? The gospel is the good news, friends. It's the very engine room for our lives. And we are called to live gospel-shaped lives in faith. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I pray as we sit in silence now, for those of us who don't know you, for those of us who may be far from you, change our hearts. Make us to see who we are and who you are. We pray the gospel would be good news today. For those of us who do know you, Lord, is the gospel still good news for us? What's robbing our joy of the gospel? Help us to preach the gospel to each other, to ourselves before we share with others. And Lord, we pray that we will continue to be this a church that continues to sing this song of the good news of the gospel, either until you call us home or when you return. We pray this in your mighty name.